You're tuning in to Two Brownish Girls with your hosts Talitha and Cribs. Just a quick disclaimer and explicit content warning. All content in this podcast is 100% unfiltered and is from our own personal views and experiences and not on behalf of anyone else. We want to use this platform as an opportunity to speak on topics prevalent in our personal experiences, both as Australian-raised Melanesian and Polynesian women in Western Sydney. As two brownish girls, Krups and I would like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the First Nations of this country, and the Darug people, the traditional custodians of the land in which we record and share our stories on. We pay our respects to elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and colonisation continues to this day. Now on to our show. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to Two Brownish Girls, Episode 6. So, colorism and Pacifica racial slurs, or as we've titled, fobs and coconuts, as a controversial <laughs> title. So, um, basically, with Cribs and I, we're going to be talking about colorism and also the use of racial slurs that we see in our own communities. Mm. Um, the colorism point was inspired by one of our followers on Instagram, Hasana Kabakoro, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. <laughs> so she sent us a really good message, um, and it's something that I've been affected by. I'm not too sure Kroops has been affected mm. by it in a way, but there we have both have experiences in this topic. Yeah. So um, she told us that I have a Caucasian mom and an Indigenous Fijian father. I am lighter skinned than the rest of my dad's family, something I was teased for at school here in Fiji. My daughters are both rather um, ruddenly skinned as well, probably thrown back to both their grandmother's sides. However, my son is a beautiful brown, curly-haired boy. And I was shocked when I received comments from the moment he was born from my family regarding how black he is or how nice and fair the girls are. I strongly advocate for the acceptance of all shades of beauty and wonder how you've both been affected, if you have, as island women and how you've dealt with it. So... That is a <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that is a big thing that um, it's in our community that is very prevalent that we even I like not that, intentionally though. Just yeah, like from a colonial like perspective, like what we've been taught to think unintentionally. Yeah. Um, and you know, even just the ways that our elders can feel as well um, that impacts us. So. Um, in a nutshell, you know, people ask, what, what is colorism? And look, it's something that I've learned in the past bit of time as well. Like, it's not, it, it, I've heard it before, but it's not a concept I've used to say, oh, like, this is a, this is, like, I'm experiencing colorism right now. Um, it's, so basically, it's just discrimination based on your skin tone, which stems from a preference for proximity to whiteness. That's one of many um, ways to describe it. Um, so... I guess there to talk about colorism in general, there are definitely um, examples of that that we've seen in the media. In um, yeah, and one of the ones that I've seen a lot, and not necessarily in our community, but um, like in the African community. African American? Um, no, no, just, or, or probably, yeah, oh, probably yeah, just African, yeah. yeah. Um, I've actually seen a lot of what's called skin bleaching, and it's where they use this cream that you put on your skin and it burns and it just like burns the melanin out of your skin. Um, and that was just for the, um, for the fact of wanting to be lighter um, because you'd be more like... Acceptable. Yeah, or desired. To society. Yeah, oh, yeah, so that's definitely an example that I've seen. Um, and that's, that's an impact of colorism because they realize that they'll be yeah, more desired if, they, if their skin's lighter. Um, and there's been a lot of artists as well that have lighten their skin um little kim's Lil, yeah little kim and vibes cartel um have been two that like there's no hiding it if you look at photos of them on in like on google you'll see immediately the difference um and also just other examples like within australia perhaps there was something called the half cast act um uh, which in australia it gave states the power to remove half cast aboriginal children from Aboriginal care and assimilate them into white society because it'd be easier because they look, you know... They're like, white passing? Yeah, they're fairer. Um, and the same as well, like in the Maori and Pacific community that they were considered more civilised and easier to assimilate if your skin was lighter. 
Um, so there's definitely examples that we, um, we see. Um, and even on the other end of the spectrum, there's also like skin darkening, which <laughs> was like really weird. Um, and I've seen that in like celebrities or just people in general, like wanting darker skin. With a lady who pretended she was black. Oh my god, Rachel Dolezal. Yeah, that was that was fucking what was something else. Like I think still this to this day she's still of the belief that she's yeah. And I've seen a lot of girls on Instagram like um that end up like saying oh but you know I am black and it's just because they tan themselves. No, I'm like that's not it, sis. Yeah, and I find it really funny though because I was reading um thoughts of you know people tan like you know tanning their skin from the perspective of like black people and they hated it because you know it's kind of like white people having the option to have darker skin without having the consequences of yeah. being black yeah or just yeah the experience of you know being oppressed as a black as a black person yeah. or just having darker skin and that really really pissed me off because that's not an option for us because I remember, like, <laughs> I remember growing up and that people would um, really call you out if you were, like, a brown or black girl who wanted to dye her hair blonde mm. because you're seen doing that as a Eurocentric thing. But then I'm like, well, yeah, if you, you don't want us to dye our hair the colours that we want, then stop tanning yourselves every time you feel awkward because that dress colour doesn't suit you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not my problem. Yeah. I feel like my, some of my friends are going to be personally attacked now because they all get tanned. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh. But no, it's like... I'm just saying, like, if you research it enough, like, I there's a lot of news articles where it's not, not it's not you getting a tan. I'm not saying don't go out and get a tan, but like, there is a lot of girls who want to use it as yeah, a cultural I'm thing. So saying, I rely. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, the tan thing that they used to do, like at school, was like, oh my god, I got a tan. Look, I'm dark like you now. I'm yeah. almost as dark as you. And they put their hand out, and you're like, ah, I know. Like, mm. It's like take your wrist, take your hand away take from mine. Your tan hand away from you, <laughs> you snake. <laughs> It's like my skin doesn't rub off on my sheets. Yeah, okay? like, <laughs> my color doesn't rub off on my sheets. I can still shower without like my skin going. <laughs> I don't even know how tanning works, man. Like I really don't know. All I know is that they have a fucking brown mitt that's just gotten all dark from the from tanning their skin. Like I mean, using the. I love that if I go into the sun, like go to the beach in summer here in Australia, that I just put um sunscreen on and then I go like a really nice darker. Yeah. Really nice. <laughs> like I don't have like any bad like anyway. Um, the next question, um, so in talking about colorism, it's, um, Krebs has a really great question. Great question here is like, have you experienced colorism as a Pacific Islander Australian? And we talked about this before and that's a very, uh, (laughs) have you? I, I don't think I have like against my other brown counterparts, Mm. like my family. I don't think I've been, because in all honesty, like, a lot of my cousins are also quite, like, fair as well. Mm. Um, there is, like, a fair few, like, very few of us that are darker skinned. So, I don't think that I've been, like, separate, like, you know, favoured against my other cousins for the fact, for the fact of being lighter skinned. Um, actually, because, yeah, both siblings on both sides of my um, mum and dad's family, they're both very fair. Um, but I know that I have been grouped into the like you're like you're black like kind of group uh even though like i'm very much not we're brown yeah um so well i mean that's how i view it we're brown yeah like, we're not black yeah exactly i'm not trying to discredit black people i'm just saying that we're brown <laughs> from pacific brown black. exactly um but i know yeah i know that in like in um experiences in school that i've been just like grouped in the like yeah, we talked the about black that last group. week. We're just automatically grouped with African-Americans. Yeah. Um, and I think that obviously there's a lot of connection like to what we, I guess how we are in some ways to that experience. But at the end of the day, that we're not. No. Um, but I mean, I guess I'm fortunate to say that I don't think I have experienced like firsthand colorism in my upbringing in Australia. Um, what about you? I've faced it on, it's really weird. I've faced it on both sides. So I faced it that, the family will always say how um, I'm really fair compared to everyone else and mm. how I have nice fair skin. And that I've had like an auntie comment once because she's darker than me that I was lucky because I had fairer skin than her and her daughter. Damn. And um, 
like she said, oh, she has really fair skin, not dark like us. And I felt really sad for her because it's it's bullshit. Like people, yeah. Like at the end of the day, we're all fucking Fijian. <laughs> but then at the same time, me being fair has also brought out like that. Oh well, you don't look Fijian. Like within my own family, is saying you look mm. more Polynesian or you look. You don't even look Fijian at all. Like, you don't look like an indigenous Fijian, which is so weird because both your parents are indigenous Fijians. Like, it's okay. So, it's like a really weird thing. I'm like, probably, I definitely think I'm probably a throwback from either side. Like, you know, yeah. because I take after my um, paternal grandpa a lot. And he was, um, he, him and I look like more Tongan than the, the stereotypical Fijian, according to them. So, um, it does annoy me that it's because it's just like we have to look a certain way to be considered that race. So, I understand like Hosanna's pain like when she asks that like when she asks us to talk about it yeah. but I understand it completely because it is a weird weird thing where it's like they talk about how nice it is your fair skin but then they're like ugh mm. sometimes ugh but you don't look Fijian you don't look indigenous Fijian so it's like what do you want from me what do you want from me <laughs> I do think like coming on to the next question I do think that is it is prevalent in the Pacifica community I mm. think there is a preference mm. for your like um, there is a preference, in my opinion, that they do prefer the light skin. I still yeah. see, I'm calling it out. Um, Call it. <laughs> I still see that, like, what I see most of the Pacific Island fashion shows, that they still prefer to use Eurocentric models. Mm. Then, have you seen Pacific Island over there? I think there's a mixture in that, but I think a lot of them still also... predominantly. Yeah, uh, they're still predominantly though, would be more lighter skin. But then this also poses the question, what if just, like, dark-skinned women are just not, like, applying? So then, like, they can't... Like, they're not... It's not that they're not... It's not that they're underrepresented or they're not representing that, like, darker-skinned, like, Pacific Islanders, but it just could also be that they're just not actually applying. You know what I mean? But no, they choose, like, in Fiji, like, you see, they choose... Yeah. Prefer, prefer, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. no, definitely, like, in a... I mean, that might be the case. The I don't know because I am not in the fashion industry. Yeah. But I know that even like in the actual, like in the fashion industry overseas, that they've always preferred. Like if you're, if you're, you're better off as a brown girl, if you have more Eurocentric features, then only now that they're recognizing like... Yeah, all shades. Yeah, all shades. <laughs> well, um, did you see like even the Miss Halala um, pageant? They're all like pretty... Yeah, pretty light skin. But see that, yeah. They'll, it's still a preference. If you go into the islands, you can tell it's still a preference, that they're yeah. like fairer skinned. Well, it's like in the yeah. Philippines as well. Like I was saying to you that it's really uh, predominant there, um, skin bleaching. You see all the people like walking on the streets, you know, all being very like dark, like, you know, Cause in dark brown. And then you look at the billboards and they're all light skin. And it's like, you know, it's really, um, it's not promoting like natural beauty no um and it's yeah so i mean correct me if i'm wrong with the pacific runway and like stuff like that but i still feel that it still caters towards lighter skin models than anything Mm, i think in some respect like there's let's even search it now (laughs) and i'm saying that as a person who's lighter skin so i'm not saying that as a but i still feel the preference is yeah, we'll be curious to know. Um, so really? Yeah, perhaps. That's all. Yeah, but that also comes down to the walkers of each. Um, mm. You know. <laughs> what the, what's the... <laughs> hello? Yeah. I mean, so... they could, just because they're light-skinned like me, it doesn't mean that they're not full Fijian, but I'm just saying that the representation was the representation for the darker. Yeah, for darker colours. See? Of Look. The, <laughs> that's all yeah okay um so i think there there would be i reckon there would be like yeah anyway <laughs> i don't want beef with pacific runway i'm just saying that's what i feel that i notice well it'd be good to encourage that in more areas as well not even just fashion yeah um, okay so the next question that we had was um, how can we change the conversation of it? Um, or how is it being changed? Um, and one of the things I saw, which was really cool, um, uh, and I should post it up on the Instagram was, um, this black guy was like, 
it was like a life-changing moment for him when he was wearing a band-aid that was the same color as his skin and he was darker skinned and that made me realize that we didn't realize that band-aids were made off the color of like well, I guess that I mean they wouldn't be white, but you know it was skin meant color. it was meant to be based off skin color. Um, someone made this like funny remark, like didn't this guy know that there was clear band aids? But also that's not the point. Um, so I think definitely um, colorism is being targeted, you know, in positive that's ways. That's in America only. Hey, um, for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen any like here, but I think it's you know it's a step in the right direction. Um, and also just the impact of, um, uh, with makeup <laughs> and, you know, being able to find your like foundation color, Talitha. <laughs> yes. I like makeup. So yeah. not saying you don't like makeup, but I have like a fair amount of makeup. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like when I was in high school, I only could use Maybelline Dream Matte Mousse, shout out, because it was the only foundation back then in the early 2000s in Australia that had my skin tone. Mm. Um, then I went to America for the first time, and it was it used to be sold for $30 here, and then in America it was like $5. It was like basically considered like drugstore makeup, which was amazing, because I bought <laughs> like a year's supply basically there. Um, but then there was still obviously like Napoleon Purtis had my skin tone, and um, but that, that was really dear at the time. I was mm. like in the $70 range now. But um, as soon as like Sephora came to Australia, um, they had stock Makeup Forever, which is one of my favorite brands because it's been around since 1984. It's had like over 40 shades for the majority of the time, I mm. think. Mm. I've always found that it's like for my skin tone, it's the best. Recently, um, Chanel just announced in Australia that they'll be doing all shades now. So before I've had to buy my Chanel foundation overseas, when I'm abroad, like in America and that. Mm. But um, yeah, just like last week they announced it and I was very excited. Like mum, Chanel Counter at Maya, like had a post on it on Facebook. But there is like the impact of Fenty. 2019 so, though. <laughs> yeah. Fenty is not the first brand to bring all shades because we've had, as you like Estee Lauder, we've had MAC and everything. Mm. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's just... But like, yeah. since um, Fenty came out, like even, like you said, because... Um, Talitha was saying that MAC has had 40 shades for, like, years. Yeah. Um, but since Fenty had come out, they, like, you know, to remain, like, competitive, they upped their shades to 56 yeah. from 40. But they've still had the shades. That's what I was... Like, Fenty's not the first one to have the shades. No. Yeah. Like, Maybelline's had it for, like, God knows how long. I think Maybelline's <laughs> probably the oldest to have all shades, because... But yeah, but, did they have, more... but did they have 40 shades of like full shades or was it just 40 shades from like white, white to like white tan? No, they had my shades when I was, I had my exact shade. Mm. But you also did. have like light skinned. Yeah. They had the, um, they did, they had dark, like really dark too mm. as well. That's cool. Cause in Western Sydney, all those colors sell out cause it's the only foundation we have <laughs> <laughs> growing up in like 2000. Two thousand and five, everything. It's like all our <laughs> colors would be because we're like that's the only foundation. We can't wear Australis or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Australis. I was like, damn. <laughs> but I am happy that she has impacted. Like, I do love that she, she shook um, it, bro. She shook it. That her lip um run is um her like lip balm that I always use the all oh, the gloss mm. can go with any shade. So that's the cool part she's done. Like I've never seen. And it shit's really pigmented as well yeah. for people of color. I have the trophy wife highlighter. That's really good. <laughs> I think it's like, I think, yeah, like, um, I think it is like, especially the makeup community. That's like the major thing. That's a big deal. Mm. I felt like as a like 29 something year old, now I can go to Paramount or Westfield, go to Sephora and get my foundation. Um, but also easy. I think it's good as well because like you said, even though Fenty, uh, Fenty wasn't the first to mm. come out with 40 shades, it's also giving people of color more options. Options, yeah, to choose from any fucking brand they want. Giorgio, Armani, Dior—they do. They've um, they've always had different colors, even earlier. Chanel, I've always had to use the um, the bronzer. I was lucky though because I'm lighter skin that the Chanel bronzer is exactly my skin tone, so I used that as foundation and it worked out. Fine. Isn't it like funny though, as well though, that any like, but did you say that? Those other brands like Dior, did they only had like lighter shades, or did oh, they? Oh, they've more? always they had they had darker shades before Chanel in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you can get Giorgio Armani, um, Estee Lauder, all that. 
Just Damn. expensive. It's freaking expensive, but it's worth it. I love my <laughs> Chanel foundation. It smells really nice. It's just like soft and anyway. But um, yes. got another comment here. Oh yeah, yeah. I can talk on that. So yeah. um, I went out to lunch with a friend yesterday and I just, I thought I'd talk to her about colorism and if she's in, she's been affected by it. And she said that um, she was kind of, she was raised in Australia like, like myself. And so were her um, sisters. Mm. And she said that from the beginning, from when her sisters were brought up, she made like a conscious effort to um, just make like positive comments to her sister. She had two sisters. She had two younger sisters. One was like really light skinned and the other one was quite like, was just, I guess, darker. And so she thought about the impacts of how they would both feel. She knew that the light skinned one would be okay. wouldn't, feel any impacts mm. of colorism but then she knew that the other one could like her sister could so she made a real conscious effort to say like oh i wish i had your skin color can i have some like things like that to have a really um just positive reinforcement i guess um and so i think definitely in changing the conversation it's just helping our younger generations realize that you know there is a shade for you and whatever color you are like it's acceptable like it's not limited to just like 40 shades of makeup like it's that and beyond and um, stop teasing your relatives yeah if you that. have relatives that are dark please don't please tease stop them. Teasing them please like, don't call them a cheeky darkie like it's not oh god that's even hearing darkies just like Ugh. yeah <laughs> oh my oh why those terms are like not on so because i do witness that a lot that we all tease each other's cousins are you look bored no we need to stop i've done before like, we have to hold ourselves accountable like it's not helping the generation any easier yeah especially the ones to come as well like you yeah. know coming into a world where like especially with the political climate in America, like you, you don't want your kids like growing up and kind of going through the shit that possibly not me or Tal- like Talitha or I have gone through, but you know people that are our age. So be more conscious of what you say to other people, and um, realize the impacts of colorism and how they can impact people that have darker skin. Than and us. that really comes on to our next topic, really in. Yeah. Yeah. The next, the next, <laughs> the next episode, in the, the next, next segment, the, the next segment, which is on racial slurs. So we'll be back in a moment. Yes. Back in a moment. Racial slurs in the Pacifica community. Yes. And yeah, back soon. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to segment two or part two of today's podcast colorism and the pacifica community no pacifica racial slurs <laughs> correct that so this is a big one i'm talking about the main what are the main racial slurs that you hear in the pacifica community um well there's probably two um one of them being fob and one of them being uh coconut there was another one that i that i read just before we started and it was hori which is a uh, um so it's H O R I and it's um it's kind of I I mean anyone that's Maori please like correct, correct me her. but um I from what I've read or learned it's just kind of like a slur like a a Maori slur for people that are like bogan it's kind of like the same as bogan okay yeah um so. Yeah, the main ones that I anyway that affect. I mean, I'm Maori as well, but I don't really use or have used Hori that much. But main ones are probably Fob and Coconut. Um, yeah, I hate it. What are your experiences with? Let's start with the first word, Coconut. Yeah. <laughs> what are your experiences with that word? And yeah, what do you what? What do you think it means to you? Coconut, um, I actually for a while I didn't know that it was used as an insult because I always viewed a coconut as something besides being delicious, <laughs> as a very strong um, fruit that for fact nearly killed Keith Richards when he tried to climb a coconut tree in Fiji and knocked him out. <laughs> so like, uh, but I didn't have much experience with people calling me a coconut. It was more calling me a fob, so I have an issue mm. with fob. Well, coconut, um, I heard it in two respects. So... Like, I used to buy 
for anyone that is from like Auckland or South Auckland, I used to go to um Otara markets and buy all those T shirts of like things that I probably would have described as memes back in the time. <laughs> like, you know, just make fun of like shit with like jandals or wearing lover lovers and shit like that. Just if you know what I mean, like you'll know what I mean. <laughs> and um those like that I I read the word coconut in those terms, like, you know, um with the little um like the little t- things that they would say on the t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, and the other term is, yeah, when I'd, when I'd hear it from, like, someone trying to use it against Pacific Islander people, pretty sure, like, someone called my dad a dumb coconut once. Um, Did he go off? Yeah, my dad went off. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what... I think it was, like, we were, when we were driving in the M5 or something. Um, and, yeah, he went off. So I've heard it in two respects. Um, personally, I haven't heard it that much, though, in, like, 2019 energy. Um, but it's definitely a term that I wouldn't use, like, amongst other Pacifica people or, you know, because I know that, like, that shit's going to insult someone. Um, yeah, I just call people a shit cunt, like, I don't yeah. use it. I don't have, I don't have the desire to use racial slurs to insult someone. I just call them a dickhead or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, My, dickhead is a universal, yeah. universal, Dickheads. like, term. A shit cunt. Yeah. Like that. Um, <laughs> but what about the word fob? What's your, oh. what's your thought? What were your thoughts about it when you first heard it, like in that period? And then what are your thoughts about it now? Okay, legit. The first time I heard this was like I think I repeat. I I think I said it in the earlier podcast, but I'll say it again because I'm obviously still affected. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in year seven, and I think one of the guys was talking about girls who could fight, and then I said to this guy in my class, I said, "Oh, do you think I can fight?" And he was like, yeah, like, all fob girls can fight. And I was like, yeah. and I was like fob. And he's just, like, fresh off the boat. And I'm like, I was born at Westmead Hospital. Like, I was just like, didn't understand. I've never heard, like, it in context in my life before. Mm. And so I was just like, oh, okay. Like, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, like, so you took offense to it. Yeah, because well, fresh off the boat, that was the I was like. you heard it. Yeah, it was the first time I heard it. I'm like, technically, if you think about that, they wouldn't get, like, be the first settlers because they're fresh off the fucking boat. Mm. Like, my ancestors came on a plane. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just... migrated across. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, here in Australia, like, my brother had this good point last week. He said that, you know, it's fresh off the boat. It's only just for um, Pacific Islanders in Australia. But as you would know, like, in America, in that it's just anyone who's an immigrant. Mm. Like, that's why... Eddie Hung's show, Fresh Off the Boat. It's yeah. about them when they moved, um, you know, to America. So yeah. it's a weird thing that how I, I don't know either why it's just concentrated yeah, on. Yeah, he made a real that was a really good point. Yeah, that like for for like, what's what do we fucking call ourselves here? Um, the Oceanic, <laughs> the Team South Pacific. Oceanic. Team South Pacific. Yeah, in the South <laughs> Pacific, it's like FOB is like just the people that are Pacific Islander, yeah. whereas FOB in, like, America and maybe the fucking Northern Hemisphere is that it's, like, anyone that's travelled on a boat, anyone that's migrated yeah. to America. Um, yeah. Personally, my experiences with the word FOB is that I remember hearing it in high school and I was, at first, like, I was shook. I was like, why are they calling us that? Um, but then I realised very quickly that it was just, it was considered a term to describe the race, the Pacific Islander race. Like, that's what it was, um, yeah, that's what how we can were called. It be, how can we be fresh off the boat if we building, be building fucking boats for, like, 500 years, <laughs> thousands of years? Yeah. Tell me that. But, like, that's, yeah, so that's the thing. That's how we were, that's what we were described as. And so then, obviously, I, like, I heard it throughout, like, the entire time I was in school, primary school and high school and um yeah it just became the norm for me I remember going back to New Zealand and talking to my cousins and then they'll just be like I was like yeah there's been so many fobs that have come to our school and they're like what like why are you (laughs) saying it like that um and I was just like oh what do you mean like that's just what we describe it was just like a blanket term really for um it's like Pacific Islanders it's crazy yeah yeah because for them well like back in the time, it may have the, the the term may have changed since then. But like ten, fifteen years ago, my cousin was like, "Oh, like the word fob is to describe people like Pacific Islanders that have just come from the islands." 
and you know can't speak a drop of English um that's what you know and you know they've got broken English so that's what it was described as over there so to be called to be called a fob there it was like offensive mm. um but for I me, still think it's like yeah. yeah well me now though I don't really like it I wouldn't use it because like it's kind of implying like that's just how you're describing us that we're just from the like we're just fresh off the boat like that's it but I, I I still I'm trying to understand how people can think we're dumb when we fucking <laughs> we fucking made boats <laughs> the time when they're trying to figure out fire we already had civilization and everything so I don't know what the fuck people are on about like, <laughs> now I correct people before I used to like hack it being called all that stuff but now I'm just like a very angry <laughs> and <laughs> Well, I've just cut off a lot of people, like, naturally, when realising that they don't share the same thoughts as me. Um, Even with, uh, particularly, the N-word. That's where we segue into this. (laughs) Um, mm, The N-word. Why are so many people using... Why are so many Pacific Islanders feeling like their association to black people is a... um, is there free pass to say the N-word? I admit that if I hear a rap song that I listen to, like I listen to a lot of rap, I will still say the N-word. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my own thing. Cause I, but do you say it in casual? No. 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 If, I'm li- if I'm listening to NWA, I'm definitely going to be like saying the exact lyrics they are or something like that, which is like my own personal view. But it's not something I would say in regular conversation. I don't think I've ever said it in regular conversation. Just thinking. I've never said any racial slur in regular. I don't feel the need to say um, racial I'm slur. I'm definitely like... I feel like maybe when I was younger, listening to like a lot of like, you know, NWA, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube and everything. Like we listened to a lot of rap, growing up on a lot of rap at that period, gangster mm. rap. Um, I've used that. I still will say it, but then I feel like, yeah, like... I'm haunted by my social media past. Oh, I deleted all those. I've got to find them. If you guys search it up, it like, just... And delete it. Yeah. That's what you have to do. Like, it was from, like, 15 years ago. Or, yeah. or actually, not 15, Probably, like, 10 years ago. At least Bebo's still not around to haunt us all. <laughs> Bebo with a problematic behaviour. Yeah, just oh, all the so captions and shit. So, um... I do notice that we say that a lot, though. What? People would say the N-word a lot with uh, the Islander community. So much. So much. And we don't have I... a past. We're not... They were not African... We're not African... American, yeah. Though. So why do you think that we should or shouldn't say it? What's your thought on it? Well, I'm still a dickhead who says it during rap, but... Yeah, but no, in casual conversation. Like, I just saw my Instagram crush... <laughs> Oh. My Instagram crush, who's Samoan, and he's like an influencer from Auckland. He just like reposted a photo, and he just wrote it, and I was like, oh. like hot points down, like ten points down. Honestly, there was a tweet about that the other day saying, if you want to get over your crush, ask him his view on feminism. <laughs> and then okay, so like um, and then my friend, my my good friend, I'm not using names here because I'll make it obvious. My good friend was like, oh, I know you're trying to get over so-and-so, but he has a really good stance on feminism, so this tweet won't help you at all. <laughs> but that's a good thing. Like, Maybe it's like, if you want to get over your crush, say what he thinks about the N-word in mm. casual conversation. Mm. Um, so the influencer wrote that, and it was just like... Oh. It just really turned me off. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> because my thoughts on it is I, I don't say it. I don't like to say it. Uh, I have said it, like, you know, 10, 7, 5 years ago. And I'll probably say in the last 3 to 4 years, I've been more, like, aware of what of what that, like, word meant and the, like, systems that it existed under whilst that word was being, was created. Um, so it's just a, like a personal thing. I, I don't like to say it and I don't feel like our <laughs> communities should say it because that term wasn't like used to describe us or it wasn't created for our race, like to, um, to be racist towards our race. It was towards the, like 
the black community. So, um, and I've slowly started to be um, more like trying to change the conversation in that. Like my brother, like <laughs> said, maybe continues to say, I don't know, but he has said the words. And like when I started to be more aware of it, I stopped saying it personally. Um, and I was too scared to talk to him about it. Like, because obviously he's my brother. Um, and one day I did, I was like, please, can you stop saying the N word? Like, you know, this is how it makes me feel. Um, this is why I choose not to say it. And yeah, he was really supportive and he doesn't say it anymore. Well, that I know of, at least to me anyway. So I think it's a good step. And if you're listening, please stop saying the N word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's, I mean, yeah, that's my thought on it. And I just really can't understand why other Pacific Islanders are saying it. Um, and if you do, like... Just any still, racial slur, hey, too. Any stop yeah. using racial slurs. Just, just, Call like, people a cunt. That's yeah. more... That is, <laughs> that is seriously the most insultive word in the English language in... Well, it can um, be used different ways, I guess. Yeah, like, it is, like, the top word that, you know... It's really funny, because Americans hate that word, but then they sell it's children... It's so diverse. They sell, sell children guns, so I don't know what's the worst thing. <laughs> it's like calling someone a cunt or selling having... Anyway, but, like... Just, I feel like you could swear or tell off someone better than putting their race into it. But yeah. I don't know. People are all fucked. different like that. We're all fucked. Yeah, the world's. <laughs> Sorry if you keep hearing bells. As you know, it's the third um, speaker of the podcast. Chanel. Chanel the Cat. Um, who made her debut last week on our Instagram. So that was exciting. <laughs> so she's running around us trying to get attention at this present time. But I think, um, yeah, I do. I see nearly in most Instagram patrons is that N word. I'm like, guys, edgy. Honestly, it like it. Google is free. Um, educate yourselves and make your own like, um, thoughts. Like you know, uh, what's that word? Conclusions yeah, about it. Conclusions. Spelling it. Also, the spelling like. I know the one Don't in rap. Don't say it with a hard R. The when the one the one that's in the rap is always A, right? Ends in A. Yeah. But then I see people with captions doing ER, and that just. Whoa. I feel like that's true. It, like it reminds me of the first time. Actually, the first time I heard about the N word was um, what's that rhyme? I said it at like dinner once when I was a kid. Cause someone at school told me when you go any mini miny mo catcher by the toe no and so i said at during dinner with my parents <laughs> and brother i was probably year two which i don't know if this speaks for like australia or speaks in general for 90s well growing up but i was like picking which vegetable or something to pick first and i said any meeny miny mo catcher n-word by the toe and then everyone just stopped eating what and dad was like where did you learn that word and i said oh at school and then he looked at mom and mom just looked at me and they were just like, do you know what that word means? Because I didn't know. I was year two. So year two, that's um, year two. Because I know in Fiji, we have the different forms and everything. But year two is like, <laughs> I was seven, eight years old. Yeah. Saying the N word. And that's because I was taught at school that it was a normal thing. Like teachers didn't stop us or anything. Oh so, my um, gosh. That. Yeah. So, because, you know, usually it's like, any mini mini mo catch a tiger by the toe. Yeah. It's changed you, but it was like the original Civil War era fucking... Wow. The South will rise again bullshit is catch it and what by the toe. Of... And yeah, that I got a quick... I got a detailed history lesson on yeah. why I shouldn't say that word and what I love how you got a detailed history lesson as opposed to a hiding. That's pretty... Yeah, because year two, they don't know. I don't know anything. Yeah. What is a year, a year seven kid who's born and raised in Australia is going to know about racism? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Since you le- you you learned about Australian settlement <laughs> yeah. in primary school. <laughs> we, learned, we learned, like, it was just like I was just telling Cribs yesterday. Um, we went out to um My friends and I went out to lunch in Rosebury. And then there was, like, a homeware store attached to the really nice restaurant that I won't name for, like, legal purposes. But, um, <laughs> so this really nice homeware store was, like, this really nice furniture. Very expensive. Very, you know normal gentrified gentrified beautiful furniture mm. um they had a whole section of like bathware stuff that was made from first nations people so you know from the aboriginal community money going back to the aboriginal community and everything and at the same time in the children's book section they had a children's fucking book on captain cook and how he liked to sail and i was just like fuck out of here with this captain cook <laughs> bullshit <laughs> i was like and the, the funniest part is that they ended the book saying 
but sadly, he never made it home. <laughs> and it's like, bitch, we know he didn't make it home. Shout out our Hawaiian brothers and sisters for that. But like, seriously, like, just, I feel like the older I get, I'm realizing Australia, come on, yeah. all these shenanigans. Well, I mean, I said that Rob, I just remember it indeed. And then just even thinking dad was like, you know, that mean, like I forgot, but it, he was really upset that you would learn stuff like that at school. Yeah, know. totally. <laughs> you don't know what the N-word means. <laughs> so that's why the, when I hear the ER, I'm like, oh, because I just think of... I still can't even watch, like, Mississippi Burning, or I can't even watch Roots or anything mm. about slavery because it's too upsetting. Yeah, and that's it's confronting. Yeah, especially Roots that won a lot of awards mm. like, for being really about slavery. Especially Mississippi Burning, all that. No, that's just too much for me. Like, um, <laughs> I really can't... I like I even only watched Django Unchained like this year because I was I just really Fuck, slavery, I had to watch that in like slavery like parts. that really upsets me because it's just like my dad said a thing because he was he was a kid growing up in the 60s in Fiji and he still remembers like the Watts riots happening like in Damn. LA and he turned around as like a six-year-old to my dad and um, to my grandpa and said dad but how come they're going through this I was gonna make me cry because dad, like, you know, dad grew up where he's in a country where he, they're the majority. And then dad went to him and said, oh, what's happening in America, dad? Like, how come? Mm. And then um, my grandpa said, oh, um, he said, it's a different world out there, son. Um, mm. But the brothers and sisters were all still the same. But what, yeah. we're, what they're going through. Yeah. Because dad's like in a universe where he grew up and he was like, I'm the majority in this country. Like, yeah, you know, we wouldn't know anything else. You wouldn't else. know anything else. And no. that's why we shouldn't be using the N word in captions. Yeah. No, straight and up. And I will probably, like, now I'll stop saying it, like, during rapping that. But when he said that, like, my dad was like a six year old kid in Fiji saying to my grandpa, yeah. why the news is happening? He said, How come, I, like, they're the same color as us? Like, dad said, mm. Dad said, they're the same color as us. How come they're going through this and we're not going through it? And my grandpa's like, It's a different world out there, son. You have yeah. to. You're, when you're older you'll realize yeah so like all that stuff he still remembers like mm. that like the um like you know he still remembers like that shit resonates with you it doesn't yeah he doesn't when trevon martin died yeah um i went downstairs and i saw mom and dad looking at the tv yeah and they were really sad and i said i said growing up in australia like dad have you ever faced this and he's like i've never faced this yeah he said i've never been questioned by the police i've never mm. he said in my life Mm. and i grew up in like western sydney mm. he said never and mom was like oh my gosh he's so young he's just going to the store and that because yeah. my mom was like that could have been your brother yeah like if we lived in a different world compared to yeah exactly exactly and and you know <laughs> in saying the n-word like we have to realize the the strength of like the impacts of that word and how you know that could have been a word that was used to describe Trayvon Martin the day he died, you yeah. know? Um, and for some people, like, you know, in the slavery era, that was the last word that they heard before they were executed, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Think of the lynchings. Pardon? Lynchings. Yeah. Like the lynchings. There's postcards where, you know, <laughs> there's postcards where people are killed because they didn't like the colour of their skin. Mm. People like us, like our mm. colour. Mm. Being, and then people watching, kids watching, think it's fun. Like yeah. a last time. Like it town. was a family thing. Like, <laughs> let's go to town, family, and, and watch. see that N word get lynched. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, we're not forcing our Pacific brothers and sisters to not say the N word. We're just saying, please realize the impacts of how that impacts the black community um, and, you know, their ancestors and. You know, like Talitha said that, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're all people of colour, dark skin, light skin. Um, and it's all just about, like, sticking together and um, embracing each other's colour and not putting each other down. Like, you know, stop saying racial slurs. Stop picking on your cousins because they're darker than you. Because Yeah, that one, like, oh, my God. So yeah, at the end of the day, we're cousins. all fucking minority, oh, my you know? cousin's darker than me. You hear passing comments, hey. Mm. There's someone's like, I thought your cousin, oh, they're darker than you or something. Or you said, oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, shut up. <laughs> yeah, We're all related. We're all, like, you know, different shades of brown. I was going to say and... 50 shades of brown, but ugh, no. <laughs> no sexual undertones no, there. No, sexual undertones. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just, it's it's all about, like being together and uplifting each other and not 
bring each other down because, I mean, the white man's already bringing us down. <laughs> We're already being brought down by our white oppressors, so, you know, there's, there's, there's no harm. I keep telling her, like, we can't make this into an anti-white it's podcast. Not, no, it's not. we're just like... We're, we're just, just holding people accountable for our experiences and everything. Yeah. Like, you know... Pro brown. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, yeah, like, that stuck with my dad for the rest of his life. Yeah. Because he, he was six when, like, he was really young when all that stuff was happening. And, you know, the Watts riots, like, you know, in that period. Mm. Mm. And he always asks, like, my grandpa, he said, why isn't this happening here? Like, what's wrong with it? Yeah. And then, yeah. And I didn't even know this until my brother told me last year, which made me really upset. Was yeah. like, because my brother's really big on like, he knows our culture and everything, but he's really like, he loves history and everything and will like into the like race relations and all stuff like that. Mm. So when he mentioned that's what my grandpa said, I was like, oh. <laughs> mm. so please, for the love of God, the captions. <laughs> learn your history, not our Pacific history, but learn about, you know, black Because that's history. a lot of pretty history. I mean, you even play like Red Dead Redemption and you'll see like Red Dead Redemption 2. I haven't played the first one. I've only finished the second one. What's the example of? Because I haven't said I haven't. You come across a slave pen. What? So that's the reality because they're in the South, right? So yeah. just for, I'm going to Google it and say, um, so a slave pen is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. So I've got this uh, Wikipedia page here called Mason County, Kentucky Slave Pen. So the Mason County, Kentucky Slave Pen played a very important role in the American slave trade, confining slaves who were intended to go farther south for sale. So the slave, this slave pen was recovered from a farm in Kentucky owned by a slave trader. So yeah, basically it is used to keep the slaves and um, they're chained up and everything mm, mm. in the slave it's yeah and then there's actually one mission to someone who hasn't played red dead redemption 2 is gonna do yeah. this that you're spoiling the game for me but <laughs> but there's actually one mission where you come across this homeless guy and he's like oh like you need to help me the bank has taken my farm and everything mm. so your character goes to this farm to get his like collectibles but then he finds that this guy has been keeping slaves under his house Chained okay. and everything. Oh shit! So there's blood there. There's everything, which is literally what Rockstar Games did was research it properly to be accurate and hold. Red Dead Redemption Two is great because it holds everyone in holds the people accountable for like mm. the yeah, and you can kill the KKK in it by the way. Um, <laughs> so he actually goes back to the guy with his stuff and says, "I know what you did. You had a slave book where you kept slaves. You were a slave trader." So he just like bashes the guy and throws his stuff into the fire. Oh shit! So it has actually hold Fan everyone accountable for their actions. Like you <laughs> legit can kill the KKK. I walked in and my brother was playing it, and he said, "Look what you can do to the KKK!" And you see them putting a cross up, and then you can you can lasso them and throw them off a cliff and everything. <laughs> I mean, that's just the that's just what you do in the game. <laughs> that's so good. But yeah, like that's but that's a slave pen. So um, like stuff like that. You know, that's the reality of what they went through. Mm. I still, I was like, you know, I I said like, I still can't watch anything that's along the lines of, because it's too, and I didn't even, my people didn't even go through it. Yeah. Like to that extent. To that extent. Like we probably would have gone through something obviously with the old No, mate. we were, we were yeah, like. The old mate. Shipped off to islands and forced to work on the plantations. And when um Captain Cook used to get like the teenage uh, Pacific Islander girls. No, let's do a history lesson yeah, for her. <laughs> <laughs> Tilly so, will love that. We'll do some. We'll do a history lesson on like. Yeah, I need to research it more, but I always call it out when I talk to my friends, and it makes them feel awkward about it. They're like, oh, yeah, it's one of my colleagues. Plaithers race relations history, <laughs> South Pacific, <laughs> wanting to do a rap score where Captain Cook got killed. <laughs> Stay woke, twenty nineteen. Um, Wikipedia's free. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much our episode um we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on of on if you've ever experienced colorism mm-hmm. you know wherever you live so definitely if you you'd like send that through on your personal experience with colorism where you're from um as in where you're residing and also like nationality wise and what your thoughts are on racial slurs racial Especially slurs the n-word, the um... n-word 
the F word, <laughs> I know, Bob, coconut. I know a lot of people would be like, oh, like, I used to, I was like, well, I was obviously yesterday. I said, mm. you know, they still make profit off rap, so why can't I say the N word? Which is a very, very, um, anyway. But <laughs> I want everyone's opinion who, like, thinks, yeah, so what can we do with rap or anything along those lines? Yeah. After yeah. I cried on the podcast, so I probably should stop saying <laughs> Actually, to be honest, like, now most of the rap I listen to doesn't really have much of them like Kendrick doesn't use it as much as he used to hey I think he still does he still does but not to the extent like nah I mean Run DMC didn't even use any racial slurs or swear so that I love Run DMC for that <laughs> but there's a um there is an artist though just before we finish up um mm. that I that I do like he's not um he's not Pacific Islander mm-hmm. um but his name is Adrian Eagle and he's um I think he's Aboriginal mm-hmm. he's Kate's boyfriend and he was just saying something he was talking about his music because he's a i think he's a singer or rapper yeah and one thing that he liked that he is really really conscious of is like the words that he says Mm. um even like with swearing or just like any not that he would say any slurs but just any content because he realizes his um audience audience yeah you know and he wanted to be suitable for like you know anyone of all ages i thought that was really um Consider it. So our <laughs> podcast, I know straight up our podcast is like 18 plus, like please. Don't, <laughs> if you're like, we already have the disclaimer. We can't have any trouble. We have the disclaimer. <laughs> my, uh, my my auntie, my like good Christian auntie, and they oh. always ask about wanting a link to my podcast. <gasps> and auntie, probably by the time you listen to this, it will be five years from now because you're so busy and you never get, get time to do anything. Yeah, my like, so, really, really just auntie. Like, just <laughs> listen to it. She's like, you girls are so good. And I'm like, is she hearing me say the C word? Like saying, <laughs> she probably like blocks it out. She's like, that's Tata. Yeah. <laughs> on her bullshit again. Um, I'm like, yikes. Yeah, so 18 plus straight Please, up. For um, the- <laughs> but that's really good that he's proactive like that because, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I-, I love that. So, yeah, man, just be considerate in all areas. Um, uplift each other. Don't bring them down because of their color and yeah. realize the impacts of colorism. Um, and if you've had an experience with those, um, racial slurs in the Pacifica community, such as Fobble Coconut and what your thoughts are on the N word, please send them through. Cause we'd love to share and create a conversation. Mm. So we're a Tolanor. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, <laughs> you know, it's CGN. CGN for conversation. I'm pretty sure. I hope like, yeah. There I am. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Um, that was an intense. <laughs> Every week I'm like, let's talk about something like lighthearted. And it's like next minute race relations. And how, how the racist issues I went through in primary school in the 90s are still affecting me to this day. <laughs> That's good. Because hopefully, you know, eventually they won't. Yeah, or not as exactly. much. So um, thank you again for thank you. being with us this week. And we'll see you or... You'll hear from us next week. week. (laughs) Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Brownish Girls. Feel free to share your takeaways from this episode by liking our Instagram page at Two Brownish Girls, where you can interact with us and impact more after each episode. Until next time. Bye. Bye.